From Virginia Farm Bureau, this is Cattle Pulse, your monthly update on the Virginia feeder cattle markets, the national trends that affect them, and the stories of cattle producers from around the Commonwealth. I'm your host, Elijah Griles, and from Appalachia to the Eastern Shore, we are happy to have you with us. Welcome to the May episode of Cattle Pulse. It is great to be back with you this month. We're going to be focusing on two different aspects when we talk about our national feeder cattle market outlook. The first one is USDA's cattle on feed report. And the second is how rising interest rates from the Fed may affect feedlot operators and how that could trickle down to here in Virginia. So on April 21st, USDA released their April cattle on feed report, and it was a bit different than we would have expected. While cattle on feed numbers as of April 1st were down 4.5% from a year ago, this was not as much of a reduction as pre-report estimates had anticipated. Now, what this translates to is that on-feed inventory was virtually unchanged from March 1st to April 1st, of 2023, which is counter to what many of the analysts were expecting. Now, this could be explained by drought in the Southern Plains affecting the movement of feeder cattle, but it is an important trend to watch as it means that potentially the feeder cattle supply could be less tight than had previously been anticipated. Now, initially after the release of that cattle on feed report, we did see a slight dip in the feeder cattle futures contracts, particularly in the April, the end of April and the May contracts. But we've seen substantial recovery since then. The May contract is currently trading at $210.60 a hundredweight, which is up 2.6% from last month. The August contract at the end of the summer is coming in very strong at $230.90 a hundredweight, which is up almost 9% from a month ago. And the September contract continues that strength at $233.90 a hundredweight, which is up 9.7% from a month ago. So these cattle and feed reports are something that we do want to keep our pulse on because it gives us a picture of our feeder cattle supplies really as tight as everyone is anticipating. But it's important for us to remember that there are a lot of fundamentals going on that affect um, the, the futures board. And just because a cattle and feed report comes up, it comes out a little bit higher than we anticipated doesn't mean that there's actually a shift. Now, from a macroeconomic perspective, another consideration is rising interest rates on feeder cattle. Now, it's common for feedlot operators to have an operating loan on the cattle that they have purchased and half of the feed that they're going to need. So with high feed cost and interest rates as high as they have been since 2008, they're up 8%. Producer profit margins are feeling that squeeze, which will begin to erode prices at about 1.14% per 1% increase in rates. So this is for feedlot operators, but this is important because it could change what they're demanding over the long term. And that means that these rising interest rates could change the length of time that cattle are on feed and weights that cattle are placed. So feeders may begin to favor heavier cattle which will take less days to finish and reduce their total interest burdens. 
Although these higher prices throughout the feeder cattle markets are nice, we know that inputs have gone up substantially as well. So this is just a reminder that while high prices are good, wide profit margins are better. And for cow-calf operators in Virginia, the important thing to keep our pulse on is, are we starting to see less slide as we get to those higher weights? Could it be that six or seven weight cattle are performing just as well or similarly to lighter four or five weight cattle because these feedlot operators are choosing to reduce that time on feed. We had the opportunity to talk to Brandon Reeves of the Virginia Cattlemen's Association in an interview at the Virginia Beef Expo, and we'll cut to that now. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of Cattle Pulse, Brandon. It's good to be with you. We're here at the Virginia Beef Expo, and if you just want to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at Virginia Cattlemen's Association. Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me, Elijah. Like I said, name's Brandon Reeves. Grew up uh, just south of here in Augusta County on a cow-calf and a background in operation, and uh, went to Texas Tech for undergrad. Uh, did did some time in D.C. with the House Ag Committee and Law School at WNL, and have been at Virginia Cattlemen's now for just over two years. And I uh, really love my job, love being able to work for the great cattle producers in the state, and uh, really appreciate uh, the the partnership that we have with uh, Virginia Farm Bureau, Virginia Agribusiness. Um, you know, it takes all of us working together, and really really thankful for the, those relationships and and that our associations uh, can do so much together. Well, we're certainly excited for the partnership as well with Farm Bureau and Cattlemen's Association. And very briefly, Dr. Broadus mentioned new FDA rules about antibiotics. Could you just talk to that for just a moment? Kind of what does that mean? I know for some smaller producers, maybe they're used to going and buying a bottle of LA 200 at the local feed co-op. And will that be possible anymore? And if not, what are their alternatives? Absolutely. So FDA did come out with some new um, new rules, new regulations on uh, over-the-counter antibiotics that you can you can buy, LA 200, penicillin, currently at co-ops, tractor supplies, and things like that. Um, in order to buy those, uh, I think it's starting in the end of June, first part of July, you're going to have to have a prescription and a, a vet-client relationship uh, with a veterinarian to be able to get those. You will not be able to buy um, the new, newly labeled antibiotics over-the-counter. Now, old labels, there are some cooperatives and some stores that are stocking up on some old labels, and they can still sell those past you know, June and July until they're on that. But once the new labels come, then there's going to have to be a prescription. There's going to have to be that, that that client relationship. FDA's perspective is having more maybe integrity in, in, in the system by adding that vet client relationship. Um, you know, our producers, we're, we have a lot of faith in them that they do the right thing already and, and all of that, but uh, we'll, we'll adjust as we need to. Yeah. I know resistance is a huge concern, not just across the animal agricultural industry, but just with antibiotic use in general. So we talk a lot about marketing and economics on the podcast, and I know Virginia Cattlemen's sponsors different types of sales across the state. Could you just speak about those and, and maybe tell us kind of what trends you've been seeing this spring as we get into the, the the hot months of April and May, selling lots of feeder cattle? Absolutely. So one really cool thing about our association is we were founded actually it's a marketing association to help producers um, market their cattle put load lots together we're a long ways from the feedlots in the west and so 
so getting those low bots um, you know really adds value and, and getting everybody kind of on the same program through our uh, VQA Virginia Quality Assured program that we have in partnership with Extension and VDAX is uh, has been a great thing for our producers and so um, any producer group uh, any affiliate of ours um, can can opt to market cattle and, and essentially sponsor uh, graded sales at a livestock market and that what that gets them is we'll show up uh, hopefully have some bids uh, from the buyers that we we help out and, and have relationships with and so we do that and uh, you know the sales this year so far have just really uh, keep getting higher and higher and uh, and so we're really uh, excited about where things are heading I think that um, you know, our guys and anyone who markets cattle through those sales is able, is actually becomes a member automatically of Virginia Cattlemen's Association. They don't have to pay dues. Their dues are the commission that they pay us to help sell them. And, uh, and so we're really proud of our marketing members and our, our uh, presence in the market, marketplace. You know, our, one of our main missions or, or visions is to, you know, maximize the profitability for Virginia cattle producers. And uh, we're, we're really proud to, to be working to help do that. So if I'm a producer listening to this podcast and I, I have some cattle that I'm interested in selling, what's the next step for me? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, feel free to reach out to, you know, your local market, number one. Uh, you can always reach out to us and we can kind of put you in touch with uh, with the right people to get you um, to a sale that, that would make sense for you. Um, so we've got uh, Butch Foster, Troy Lawson are my two field guys, and then Willie Morris is kind of heading up our branded programs for us. And so I any one of the four of us would be more than happy to, to help you know, point you in the right direction. And I, I'll also throw out, we do have a tele auction that is uh, two Monday nights a month um, that any producer can put load lots of cattle on. Uh, it can be through any bonded livestock dealer. And, uh, and so that's a great opportunity for even if you know there's a market that doesn't that's not sponsored by one of our affiliates that markets can still have cattle on our tele auction and uh and do that so we really do try to be open inclusive and uh, do the best job we can for our producers if there's anything you'd want to share with cow calf producers and cattle producers across the state um, we'd certainly be open to it I really appreciate the opportunity again. Appreciate what y'all are doing with this podcast, and I know you've done um, a lot of research on cattle markets and and the new website and, and things like that that are there. There, so we really appreciate um, Farm Bureau and and to cattle producers. What I'd say is, you know, we're proud to represent you, and and we'd love for you to. Uh, one, be a member of Virginia Farm Bureau, but also, uh, you know, look at joining us and supporting us. We're uh, we're working hard for you, and if there's ever anything we, we can do, um, just give our office in Daleville a call or give me a call, and we'll uh, we'll do what we can for you. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. Yes, sir. Thanks a lot. We have come to almost the end of our time together, but before we go, let's talk about the numbers. So just as a reminder, these are monthly average prices for five weight steers, medium and large number one. So Abingdon Tri-State saw an April average of $214.16 a hundredweight, which is up over 7% from a month ago. Blackstone came in at $224.38 a hundredweight, which is up almost 4% from a month ago. Lynchburg came in at $230.04 a hundredweight, 
which is up 2.35% from a month ago. Radiant saw $233.42 a hundredweight, which is up 6.7% from last month. Shenandoah Valley came in at $226.50 a hundredweight, which is up 9.9%. And Winchester is coming in at $249.64 a hundredweight, up a whopping 10.21% from a month ago. So that is some very encouraging news as we see the Virginia average prices continuing to reflect those national trends and strengthening feeder cattle markets across the country. The fundamentals are there. Supplies are tight. Demand has remained strong from the consumer. But there's still a lot of question marks out there, and we certainly want to hear from you and what you're seeing in your marketing plan as you continue into the spring months. Are you selling feeder cattle? How is the hay crop coming in this year? We want to hear from you. So please see my phone number and email in the show notes. If you're just listening to this, my number is 804-290-1713. And we'll talk to you next month. Next month.